Hey everybody, how about these playoffs, huh? Ah, what the actual hell is going on here? Oh my goodness, uh, it's been an extremely surprising playoffs to say the least. Uh, lots of upsets and interesting players. In today's episode, I want to discuss some of those interesting players. So I'm going to pick a player or two from each of the remaining playoff teams to discuss. And as always, I want to relate it back to next season and where we can find value and busts. Let's get the biz. You're listening to Fantasy NHL Today. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Fantasy NHL Today, and I am your host, Blake Creamer. Please follow me on Twitter.com, at Blake Creamer, S-E, and go get your biscuits into the Discord. We got, uh, yeah, we got a Discord, and we do stuff in there, all right? It's, um, link is in the description. You just click on that, and you get your buns in there, and we're having a super time, all right? So, thank you so much, everybody. As I said, um, I know it's been uh, a week and a bit since I've talked to you, so... You know, been just watching the playoffs and, uh, you know, dealing with some stuff here as well. The things do slow down in the offseason. I, I, you know, I want to make sure that the content I am bringing you is, you know, good content. So I'm not going to force some stuff out there. But this is an episode I'm actually excited about. I love sort of analyzing the playoffs and what's going on, you know, with the high performers and why they're performing so well. Because this is where kind of players separate themselves, right? Or you have players kind of come out of the woodwork that you know, end up being really valuable players for their teams moving forward. So yeah, I know, uh, you know, we're not even halfway through the playoffs, but I'm impatient, damn it. And I want to get the biz on that. So um, that said, you know, what we're going to do in this episode, as I said, we're going to look at all the remaining playoff teams and I'm going to pick a player or two off of each of those teams and just discuss their fantasy performance so far in the playoffs. And I will try and relate it back to, to next season or forward to next season you know, what, uh, what that's going to mean for their value uh, come draft day. You know, uh, is this something sustainable for them? So we're going to look at that. I love to do that. Um, and also, I'm going to do another episode like this, but I'll wait until the end of the playoffs so we can assess their full, you know, uh, playoff performances. Okay. For now, we got to get into this, all right? So, yeah, without further ado, let's just go. I'm going to start with um, the Carolina Hurricanes. And the first player I want to talk about is Sebastian Ajo. Bastion. Why don't you do what you dream, Bastion? You know, this this guy's not exactly a household name, but I don't know. He, he maybe he should be. He's he's having a great playoff so far. So he's got ten points in nine games. Um, and I did I, I wanted to do a little deep dive into these players and take a look at what they're doing advanced stats wise. So I look at their rate stats, so, so per sixty at uh, even strength. So that's what I'm looking at here. So for Sebastian Ajo, he's uh, he's cooking along at 10.13 shots on goal per 60 in the playoffs here. And that is excellent, right? That's Again, that's a number that we talk about here on Fantasy NHL Today. That's a number I talk about on uh, Apples and Genos with Nate uh, Groot-Niblick. He's really big on that number. So anytime a player is getting 10 shots on goal per 60 or over, that's we're starting to look at you know potentially an elite 
offensive player, someone just just elite shot generation at the very least, right? So anyways, all that said, Sebastian Ajo is a 10.13 so far this playoffs. As I said, 10 points in nine games. Compare that with his regular season, which was 8.82 shots on goal per 60 in the regular season. So um, yeah, he's shooting more, which I love to see. And that's He's obviously been a great contributor for his team. His uh, individual Corsi 4 and his individual scoring chances for are a bit similar, uh, the playoffs as opposed to the regular season with a little small drop in the scoring chances in the playoffs. But I think you can just attribute that to just how tight it is in the playoffs. It's hard to, hard to get chances, hard to score goals, right? So now looking at Ajo in particular... You know, he had a bit of a down season last season um, with 67 points in 75 games. And that was after 81 points in 79 games the previous season, right? And uh, a really big factor there was his power play performance, right? And and the Carolina Hurricanes power play performance in general, right? So in uh, 21-22 season, he had... Uh, 13 goals, 28 power play points. Carolina, I believe... I looked it up. What am I doing? So Carolina was third overall... Um, in 21-22 in power play percentage, right? Um, and, uh, you know, then the next season, they just fell off a cliff. They slipped down to 19th overall in the past season here. And Ajo's performance in was, uh, you know, indicated in that. So went from 28 power play points last season to 15 power play points this season. Still had 61% of the power play share. So he was on most of the time. He was on power play one. But, yeah, some, something was going on. <laughs> you know what I see? They traded Tony D, all right? Tony D'Angelo went to the Philadelphia Flyers and the Carolina Hurricanes uh, power play went to shambles, all right? That's the power of Tony D'Angelo, all right? That's what he does. Oh, with the pretty boy, Tony. Yeah, Hey. Right. okay. Hey, Tony. Yeah. Hey. That's nice. All right, I, I say that in a little bit of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding a little bit. You know, they brought in Brett, Brent Burns, so you got to think that's going to be better, but yeah, it just... It, the power play wasn't cooking for Carolina this past season. Other things that sort of affected Ajo's season here is Martin Natchez stepped out a little bit as a scoring threat. He kind of established himself. And, uh, you know, he was being prioritized a little bit throughout the season. So, you know, Ajo is getting less touches. Um, basically, Natchez was just eating Ajo's sandwich, all right? He went into his house. The man made a delicious ham sandwich. He put the mayo right to the edges, and then Natchez comes in here. He just takes the sandwich, takes a bite out of it, and leaves. Like, what are you doing? Um, but, yeah, you know, it's it's a nice problem for the Hurricanes to have. Obviously, they, they played very well this season. They had great advanced stats uh, just as a team, team stats, right? Corsi for, Corsi against, you know, tops in the league, basically. So, Whatever they're doing is working fine, but it affected Ajo's fantasy value this last season here. So his IPP dropped slightly under consistent numbers that he's had. So this last season, Ajo's IPP, 69%. Giggity. Uh, And then, uh, you know, the two seasons before, it was 73%. So I think that's going to come back up a bit next season. He's shooting a lot more, especially in these playoffs, right? So that's trending in the right direction. Um, he's just, he's a player that I, I'm interested in. He's doing all the right things, uh, in this last season here. And he was also, he, he was kind of stuck with two teammates that were having down seasons as well in Seth Jarvis and Toivo Teravainen. I want Iguodala. Buddy, what are you doing? Oh my God. Teravainen. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. It's called the Teravainen. All right. Um, if these playoffs are any indication though, I think, um, he could pop back up to a point per game player. No question um, with the potential for more if he gets going on the power play right and I'm talking about Ajo here so I think 
Um, Aho is a guy that just doesn't really get valued highly come, come draft season, right? And especially after a down season like this, he may fall down the draft boards. So he's a player I'm looking at. Obviously, you know, in, in Yahoo, he was a center only. So it'd be nice if they gave him the dual eligibility because he does play right sometimes, but he's mostly a center. Um, but just remember, Aho is there. I think he's going to be probably a fourth round, fifth round guy, and maybe even lower. And, and to me, that's very interesting. All right. So Sebastian Ajo, we salute you. Thank you for your service. He's having a great playoffs. Um, Carolina's up 2-1 in their series. Uh, I do think they're going to pull that out for sure. Jersey just can't score. I don't know what's happening there. Obviously, they you know they popped off in the last game there, but I, I think that's a bit of an aberration. Anyways, Sebastian Ajo, thank you. That's one player that's been having an interesting postseason so far. I also want to talk quickly on Seth Jarvis because I already did talk about him in my potential breakouts for next season, but j- just to reinforce that, um, you know, he's got, uh, he's getting all kinds of opportunity here in the offseason. Uh, speaking of uh, shots on goal per 60, as we did with Aho, Seth Jarvis is doing very well in that as well. He's 9.07 shots on goal per 60 at even strength in these playoffs up from 7.98 over the regular season. So he's shooting more at the best time of the year. Great work. Um, obviously, you know, Jarvis didn't take the leap that we all thought that he might. I, I did think that Jarvis was going to have a better season this one, and he didn't. Um, but he's honestly elevated his game to another level this postseason. And obviously, that's been helped by him getting on power play one. That's a really key factor, right? And he's been staying there for the duration, right? So that that is not something that he had during the season. You know, Seth Jarvis had five power play points last season. Five! Not all pee-pee times are poo-poo times. But all poo-poo times are pee-pee times. What? Oh, my God. Um, You know, so he's getting power play one in the playoffs, and that is really key. I think Tara Vinen being injured in the playoffs as well. They put uh, Stefan Nosen up on the wing with uh, Ajo and Jarvis, and it's been clicking. Uh, They're doing well at even strength. The thing I like most about Jarvis, though, is the upward trend of his advanced metrics plus the increased ice time. And and, uh, I think that together is really key. Plus, I just love the fact that they're putting him out there, giving him more minutes. Like, this is a young guy, right? So the playoffs are the most important time of the year. This guy's making a difference, and he has Rod Brindamore's confidence. Rod the bod, all right? He's shredded. So I think... I think, and I feel good about this, um, the, this guy's primed for a breakout next season, as I said in my breakout episode, but definitely temper expectations. I think, you know, a breakout for him, 55, 65 points, and there's a bit of a ceiling, I, I think. You know, it's, it's all dependent on power play one. If he can stay power play one, continue this ice time, like right now in the playoffs, he's averaging 17 and a half, uh, or sorry, 17.48. That's what he's averaging here in the playoffs. In the season, he only averaged 16.12, right? So getting more time, at the most important time, and he's on power play one now. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I like the player a lot. He's going into his third year. We, we may still be one year away from a breakout, but I think he can really do it this season. Let's get the biz, said Jarvis. Don't, don't let me down, buddy. Come on. So that's it. Those are two players that I find very interesting on the Carolina Hurricanes. Now let's talk about their opponents, the New Jersey Devils. We're the Devils! The Devils! All right, we're talking on New Jersey. And the first guy I want to talk about is Nico Heischer. 
Um, this guy has been uh, definitely a difference maker and very noticeable in these playoffs. And he's, he's obviously been noticeable in the regular season too. He was part of that juggernaut offense, uh, or at least offensive gen- chance generation that the Devils had this last season. And, you know, he had a great season in his own right. Um, this guy got 80 points in 81 games last season. That's one of the quietest 80 points in 81 games I've ever seen, right? This guy gets no fanfare. Uh, but let's let's dive into Nico Heischer a little bit. So in the playoffs, he, he's cooking at 9.28 shots on goal per 60. So he's he's approaching that that threshold that we'd like to see um, for elite shot generation. And compare that to, he had 9.61 shots on goal per 60 in the regular season. So, you know, he's right in line with what he normally does. So I love that. He's very consistent and and his defense has has been mostly stellar, especially in the first series with series with the Rangers. This guy took Zibanejad out of the out of the series, no no question. Like um, it was a great performance by Heischer, and he's clearly a valuable player. In terms of points for him, uh, he's got seven points in ten games as a the Devils have uh, struggled to score on most nights, so that that has been a little bit of a surprise. And I don't know, you can contribute that to you know or attribute that to. Um, it's a young team, right? Uh, you got some new pieces in there. Like they're, they're just trying to figure it out, right? They went from the bottom third of the league uh, last season to now they're you know up at the top of the league, and and they're still trying to figure out how to do that. I think, right? So um, that said, I, I do think that this last game, obviously, when everybody was popping off for goals, like that's a great sign. But they got to they got to get more of that. They got to get some more consistent consistent offensive production. But that's obvious. Um, anyways, Nico Heischer, just in terms of just, just basic stats, his shots on goal per game went up by one shot this last season. That was excellent. Um, you know, he had 19 power play points this season. That's a career high. His time on ice, uh, right in line with what it was last season, just 19, 19 minutes, 18 seconds. And then, as I said, 80 points in 81 games. Nice. All right. Is he this player moving forward? Maybe. Maybe even higher, honestly. Like this is this is a young guy. Um, Nico Heischer is only 24 years old. He's the captain of the team. I love that. Um, like they don't just hand out the C's willy nilly. They they gave this guy the captain, the captaincy um, because of the type of guy that he is, not just the type of player that he is on the ice. So um, that that says a lot. I just I I love things like that. Um, you know, when you get a young guy here, I, I think the same of Nick Suzuki. I, I think it's like one of the only reasons like I'm hanging on to Nick Suzuki as like a, a player that, you know, I'm watching. Right. Because obviously I'm digressing here, but Nick Suzuki has some of the worst advanced statistics of all time. So you can't really count on him, you know, doing anything offensively. But why is such a young guy getting the the, the C? You know, I, I love that. And and so I'm sort of comparing him in, to Heischer that way. Right. But Heischer's advanced statistics are much superior to um, Nick Suzuki. So Nick Suzuki, thank you for your service. Let's move on. We're talking about Nico Heischer here. So I do think that uh, that, that he's a point-of-game player. You know, he's in the 70 to 80-point range, I think, is, is Nico Heischer's floor, as long as he stays healthy. But I do think, like, his power play production has so much room for improvement, right? He only had 19 points. I think he could easily add 10 points to that with, with the high-powered offense that the Devils have, right? And I don't think the Devils are going to re-sign Timo Meyer. So there's going to be more minutes, more touches open up. He gets prioritized a little more on the power play. I think it's just a young guy coming into his prime, right? And he's still underrated because he plays behind Jack Hughes in the pecking order. So I think Nico Heischer is going to be value again coming up this season here. 
if the Devils continue in these playoffs, I think it's largely going to be to you know in part Tahisha's defense, the the defensive acumen that he's bringing to the game here. But I do think this is going to be an underrated player, and I'm I'm looking forward to where he lands uh, in the ADP there when Yahoo releases that because this could be a player that I'm targeting big time. All right, um, and then uh, we will just talk really briefly on Timo Meyer. You're not part of the Turbo team. Don't run. You don't run with us. We're the ones who run. Until you're part of this turbo team, walk slowly. Um, for, for different reasons. He only has one point in nine games, nine playoff games. This is not good. All right. That's, that's good analysis right there. But what, what is this man doing? Uh, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like he's, you know, he's getting good deployment. So let's, let's take a look here. So. Timo Meyer, he's doing his usual things, advanced statistics, shocks on goal per 60, scoring chances four per 60, Corsi four, all that stuff. He's, he's killing it as he usually does. He's hitting very well, um, and he's shooting a ton, right? He's shooting just under four shots a game in the playoffs here, but he's, he's not converting. Like his, his regular season shooting percentage, 12.3 this last season here. How about um, in the playoffs, 2.9%. Right? He's just not converting. This guy can't put the puck in the net. So that that's definitely disappointing. Um, you know, and he did take that huge hit from Jacob Trouba. My God. So I, I don't know. It, maybe his bell's still wrong. Like he's it it just hasn't been the type of playoffs that we wanted to see from Timo Meyer. Certainly the Devils, that this is not why they signed him. And especially if he doesn't sign there, like this this is this is, you know, kind of a gamble that didn't really didn't really work out. So you know, the, the jury's out on Timo Meyer, but in this playoff so far, it's been pretty ugly. It's nice that he did get a goal in the last game there. You know, he was playing, he played four minutes on the power play, just under 18 minutes time on ice. I, I think Meyer needs that that ice time that he was getting in San Jose, right? So I, and he's not getting that with the Devils right now. So we'll see if he signs with the Devils in the offseason, but um, we need to watch Timo Meyer and obviously where he signs because I think the, the true value from Meyer is going to come from whatever team he signs, right? Are they going to play him that 20-minute-a-night role? And I, I, I don't think it's going to happen, honestly. Like, a guy coming to a new team, they're just going to just gonna feed him 20 minutes? I, I don't know, you know? So we'll see. Um, Meyer will obviously be uh, uh, fantasy-relevant just because of the perifs that he brings. But, you know, he was like a second-round, third-round player this last season. Depending on where he goes, he, he might drop further than that, right? Because he could just like the offense could just dry up and you know we're we're seeing it here in the playoffs and and he could be playing with an injury too so that said Timo Meyer let's get the biz come on you got to get going buddy um i would like to see the devils make a series of this that's for sure all right moving on let's talk about Toronto oh man this has been ugly i mean i'm not a leafs fan but I feel for Leafs fans. I, I have empathy for Leafs fans because I'm a Canucks fan and, I, and I've been tortured in my own right. But yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I called for the Leafs to win in six games here. I thought, you know, getting over the hump there mentally in the first round, I really thought that they were going to kind of cruise. But Florida had other plans. And and I think you got to put that on Florida too. They are playing unreal. Like Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky, what are you doing? You know what? I just found out, uh, this is weird. This is how my brain works. Like, Jay Onrate does a, does a bit about Bobrovsky being a detective, and I didn't realize it. And now I'm doing a bit about him being a detective. So, you know what? I got to give credit to Jay Onrate. I probably heard that like 10 years ago, and it just stuck in my brain. So now Jay Onrate and I, 
we're together on this. We talk about Bobrovsky. What are you doing, Bobrovsky? Fill out the paperwork. You, you crashed the car, Bobrovsky. What are you doing? I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. But, you know, I'm going to continue on with it. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to give credit where credit's due. Well, McGonagall, Billy is dead. They slit his throat from ear to ear. Hey, I'm trying to eat lunch here. But anyways, the guy's been playing lights out. Unreal. I mean, when you got a Vesna caliber goalie there, he, he can do this stuff. He's done it before. So it, it's nice to see, but boy, it really sucks for the Leafs. They're down 3-0. Panthers have been really good. So they actually have the most goals scored in the playoffs so far. So anyways, uh, yeah, sorry. I wanted to talk about Toronto. And the only player I really want to focus on here is Morgan Riley. Um, you know, I think we, we know the rest of the players and what they're doing and what they aren't doing. Right. And we kind of have an idea where they're going to be drafted next season, but Morgan Riley to me, um, this is a player we might be able to get at value next season, right? He's got uh, 11 points in nine games. So that's a really nice performance for him. Only one power play point so far. So there's lots of room to grow there, uh, because you know, he's, he's quarterbacking that, that power play one with the big boys. So let's dive into Morgan Riley a little bit here. Last season could definitely be considered a down season, uh, 41 points in 65 games after a 68-point uh, season the season before there. So uh, I think there's was, there was a lot expected of Morgan Riley. He didn't deliver, at least uh, you know fantasy-wise. And honestly, there were times out there on the ice where he looked a little bit lost. like He, he looked like he was trying to figure it out, right? And uh, so it wasn't a great season. For him, and that's why I think you know now that we see his performance here in the playoffs, eleven points in nine games, all mostly at even strength. I think if the Leafs get bounced here by Florida, people aren't going to be looking at Morgan Riley. They're going to be thinking about the failure of the Leafs, right? But Morgan Riley could slip a little bit, and and this is a number one defenseman on an, on a top power play with guys like Matthews, who I think is going to bounce back hugely next year. Um, you know, and it's, again, if the Leafs get bounced, they're going to be even more pissed. Like it's, it's just a, that's a colossal, even just, I can't believe they're going to go out like this. They can't get swept, please. Oh man. But anyways, uh, Morgan Riley, I think is going to be a player that I'm going to be targeting later on in rounds. Cause I don't think people are not going to be picking him up real early. So, but you can see what he can do here. And this is all just even strength, right? Only one power play point. So add more power play points on top of there. Now we're cooking. I think that he's a bounce back player for sure next season, and especially after this. You know, we're looking at, I think he's like 65 point defenseman, well, you know, with room for, for uh, growth there. Just how we, how defensemen played this year. Guys like Josh Morrissey is over 70 points. Like, what the hell? So I think Riley can start cooking on the power play, no question. But yeah, it's rough for Leafs here. I, I'm not going to talk about too much, uh, to, uh, talk about them too much more, but um, that's the player I'm interested there in F Toronto. Now let's talk about Florida. Yeah, as I said, uh, they got the most goals scored in the playoffs so far. Uh, that is a surprise. You know, so we know we know what the big boys are doing. They're playing well. Um, a guy I want to talk about is Sam Bennett. Miles Bennett Dyson. He's got a cool seven points in nine games in the playoffs here. Almost 19 minutes average time on ice as opposed to 17 minutes uh, over the season. So that that's nice to see. Again, I got to take, take note of that. That's why I look at the playoffs like, you know, when it when the chips are down, when it's crunch time, who are these coaches putting out there? And Bennett is seeing increased ice time. I love that. And not only that, he's on power play one, finally, right? So uh, Bennett is on power play one. He's on line one with Matty Kachuk. It's ridiculous. Um, he's clearly got uh, a bit of chemistry there with Kachuk. This guy's just built for the playoffs. Um, I, I love that about Sam Bennett. And 
he has always been to me um, an advanced stats guy. Like his his shots on goal per sixty, uh, even strength is stupid all year round. He he brings the perifs. He hits. You know, one of the things with Sam Bennett is uh, his shooting percentage is not kind of where it needs to be. Like even this last season here, he had 40 points in 63 games with Florida. And most of that was with, you know, power play two times, sometimes not even on the power play. Um, he was injured for parts of the season, you know, or, and battling injuries while he was in the lineup. So he only shot 8.3% last season. Um, so dipped under 10. If he can get that back up over 10, like his shots on goal per game is good. His hitting is good, and and obviously power play one is going to be key. So he tied his career high with nine power play points this last season. I think we can double that. Get get him on power play one. We're doubling that. There's no question, and with with room for more. Like Florida, to me, they underachieved a little bit um, in terms of their offense. They they generated the chances, but they didn't bury the chances. And Sam Bennett's a prime example of that. But so far in these playoffs, uh, the things I mentioned, his shot percentage and the power play time have been rectified, right? He's, he's on power play one, and he's shooting the lights out. This man is killing right now. Yeah, 13.3% shooting in the playoffs, 3.3 shots per game. Yes, please. Love it, all right? And then the seven points in nine games. So he's just a beauty. I just think this bodes well for next season for him. And with his consistent advanced numbers and rate stats that I'm talking about and him coming off of a down season, right, I think it's a matter of time till Bennett hits. And I think when he hits, he could hit for 70 points. I think that's that's the kind of player we're looking at here with amazing perifs. Um, like kind of like a Timo Meyer light. You know what I mean? He shoots well, he hits well. So keep an eye on this man during draft season because I don't think it's a guy that that players are that uh, fantasy GMs are are necessarily gonna be targeting like anytime soon, right? This is a guy you can get in in the much later rounds. And I think he's a great pick. Interesting, right? Um, next player I want to talk about is his teammate, Anton Lundell. Lundell, definitely an interesting player. Uh, he was going into this last season for me. Um, I thought he, he was going to take another step. I picked him up with, uh, my last pick on, on a few teams, a few of my teams, like just kind of a flyer pick Anton Lundell. Um, and you know, he, he didn't hit obviously, but he's a young guy. Anton Lundell is only 21. He's got uh, two full seasons in the NHL. Um, last season, 33 points in 73 games. The season before, 44 points in 65 games. Um, and that's all with, you know, minimal power play time or, or power play two, right? So, and again, he didn't get a ton of power play time this last season with Florida. His ice time did go up 16 uh, minutes and 22 seconds average time on ice. That's nice. But he's been doing pretty darn well in the playoffs here. How about seven points in 10 games? Love that. His ice time staying strong. 16 minutes, 35 seconds. He's playing on the line with Sam Reinhardt and E2 Lewis-Darnan. Joey Jojo <laughs> Jr. Shabadoo. That's the worst name I ever heard. Oh, no. Hey, Joey Jojo. Um, and that's been a nice little line. That's a nice little third line there um, with a little bit of power play time for him. Um but one thing about Lundell, he, he's just he's just not converting, right? So in the playoffs here, shots and goal per 60, he's cooking at 8.24, which is nice. And, you know, his regular season was 7.77 shots and goal per 60. So that's that's decent, too. He's training in the right direction. Um, but, yeah, like he's got to start converting. And this is, you know, something we see in young players, right? Like um, it, it just takes a little while. Like Jack Hughes is a prime example, too. I mean, I'm not comparing uh, Anton Lundell to Jack Hughes, uh, I'm only in the way that that you know the beginning of their career, the the, sh- uh, the shooting percentage is way off, right? They're just not converting, right? They're trying to figure it all out. So this guy's only 21. 
I think 50 points is probably achievable for Lundell next season. I think, you know, he could be, he could be worth a last pick, uh, you know, a flyer pick in your drafts next season. I wouldn't be drafting him before then, I don't think, unless something, you know, significant happens in the playoffs here or before next season. You know, we finally get on power play one or something like that. But, you know, um, I do think 50 points is totally achievable with, you know, a minimal ceiling, maybe 55 there. I think he's just making a difference out there in the playoffs, and I'd love to see that. And all seven of his playoff points have been in the last five games. So he's still he's starting to go. He's starting to cook a little bit. Interesting, right? Anton Lundell, thank you for your service. I'm just I'm interested in watching this man and see what he does if Florida makes it further. How does Lundell do? I want to I want to check the, check it out after uh, all said and done. Let's move on to Seattle. We'll talk about the Seattle Kraken, another upstart team. What is happening? They just pounded the Dallas Stars. Um, this makes no sense. I, I think we're looking at uh, Seattle Kraken, Florida Panther uh, Stanley Cup final. Who's with me? Give me a hell yeah! Give me a hey. I don't know where I'm going with this, and I don't know if I like that, but, uh, you know, we'll see if I leave it in the episode or not. Um, yeah, Seattle. God dang. The one player, uh, th- this is terrible analysis, by the way. Um, but, yeah, they're doing it by committee. It, they are a very surprising team, and one of the players I just I, I find very interesting on this team and I have for a lot of years is Oliver Bjorkstrand. You know, he's not he's not setting the world on fire. Five points in ten games. He's a staple on power play, too. Um, but in the playoffs here, 9.63 shots on goal per 60. That is nice. Those rate stats are nice. That's a little bit higher than what he did during the regular season. Um, this is just a player to watch for me. This is a guy that I've targeted in the past because of his offensive acumen. Um, he puts a lot of shots on net. And one of the things that happened with Oliver Bjorkstrand this season is he didn't get, he, he never got onto power play one. He didn't get that offensive opportunity, right? And he's an offensive player and he needs that. So I, I think, you know, it, Seattle's a tough team fantasy wise. They're basically a team of wa- waiver wire guys, even in the playoffs here. It's like, who do you go out and, and select? Like their leading scorer is Yanni Gord. Like, well, I, you know, good, good job to that guy, but they're, they're, they're just doing it by committee. And, and obviously they're a well-coached team and Philip Grubauer has been nuts on the back end. He's been playing excellent, giving them a chance to win every night. So to me, Bjorkstrand is the most interesting offensive player fantasy wise on the Seattle Kraken. And if he ever gets on power play once, you know, consistently, I think he's a 65 to 74, 75 point player. But that's a big ask, right? And even if he gets on power play one for a little bit of time, they could just as easily take him off and put somebody else on there. So um, I need to see a little bit more, but I'm watching Bjorkstrand this playoffs just to see how he does. You know, there was one game there he played where he rang like three or four shots off the crossbar. You know, like this this guy's he's right there. He's a very offensive player, and, and I think he could pop, but he needs to be put in the right situation here as well. All right, let's move on to their opponents. Uh, Dallas Stars. A couple guys on the Dallas Stars I'm interested in. Obviously, Rupe Hintz. We'll talk about him quickly. The, the guy's been great this offseason, no question there. Um, but, but a player I'm, I'm watching more uh, intently is Wyatt Johnston, the rookie Wyatt Johnston. Again, I've talked uh, a lot about shots and goal per 60, but that, that's, a, that's a big indicator to me. You know, First off, confidence, what this player is able to do. And obviously, the more you're shooting on goal, the better chance you have to get points and fantasy points and counting stats, right? 
So Wyatt Johnston in the playoffs here. He's 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 cooking along at 8.59 shots on goal per 60. I love that. And, you know, that's up uh, big time from his regular season numbers where he was at 7.2. So it's not exactly two, but yeah, he he's, I, I love that he's doing that. Also, um, his ice time has gone up by three minutes. Uh, average on uh, average time on ice is up by three minutes in the playoffs. I love that. So a couple big things there. Um, you know, he's got four points in nine games. He's on a line with uh, Yevgeny Dadnov and Jamie Benn, which is not not a bad place to be, especially for a rookie. He's he's sheltered a little bit there with with some veteran leaders that can help him. Obviously, Jamie Benn there. Um, I think. It, it, I just want to see how he does in the playoffs here. I'm look. I'm interested in the advanced statistics once it's all said and done. But I think with the talent uh, talent in Dallas, I would expect maybe a little negative regression from Johnson next season. He did have a terrific rookie season with 41 points in 82 games. So I love that he played all 82. That's great. 24 goals. That's great. You know, and averaging 15 and a half minutes time on ice. So. You know, that said, I, I do think there'll be a little bit of a sophomore slump here with Wyatt Johnson. I think we could see sort of a Seth Jarvis type situation. You know what I mean? Like he got 41 points this season. I could see him going down to 35, maybe 40 points next season as well. Not really taking that next step, but I love what I'm seeing here in the playoffs. I love the way they're deploying him. You know, his shooting percentage uh, in his last season here, it was a bit high for a rookie. He was, he was shooting at 15%. So I think... I could see that, you know, almost cutting in half probably next season, you know, or dipping under 10, right? And then there goes your there goes your points, right? So that said, great sign in these playoffs has been his shot rate, his deployment. I'd love to see that. He's a player to watch this playoffs and next season. Very interesting. Let's talk about Rupe Hintz as well. Hintz is fifth in the playoff scoring. He's got 13 points in nine games. Love that. He's going off. He's popping the hell off here in the postseason, and we'd love to see it. He's also got the highest power play points on a team that isn't Edmonton, right? So he's really been cooking there. I think Hintz was a value on draft day this last season. Um, no question. He's still kind of an underrated guy, but I think, you know, this this performance here and his performance in the regular season is really going to price Hintz out of value, in my opinion. You know, his season shot shooting percentage was high. Like, he shot over 20% this last season. So I do believe that's going to come down. And I think... You know, he still should be a point-per-game player, but I do think he will be overdrafted um, for what he's going to return next season. And this playoff performance will not help that, but you'd love to see it. Um, you know, uh, I, I've it was so interesting. Just during last season, Jason Robertson was the man. He was the one, you know, bringing all the advanced stats, the the rate stats that were elite, and, and Hintz is really the one kind of taking off here in the playoffs. You know, Robertson's doing very well, you know, in his own right, but... But Hintz is on another level, and he's he's making it happen on the power play. So, great player. I think he's going to be overdrafted next season because of it. Let's move on. We've got uh, a couple more teams here, and then we're done. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, last two teams I want to talk about, Edmonton and Vegas. Um, we'll look at Edmonton first. And, uh, again, this is very much like... Toronto, like we know, we know what their top players are doing. We know, we pretty much know where they're going to be drafted. Anyone on Edmonton's top power play is, is going to be, you know, coveted, right? Because of, of how insane they are. But one of the guys, yeah, of, of that team that is still a bit of a surprise is Evan Bouchard. Evan Bouchard leads the playoffs with 12 power play points. What the hell? He's fourth overall in, in actual points. This is Evan Bouchard. Okay, so um, you know, obviously everything is clicking. Uh, it's it's 
It's arrows up, as uh, Devin Davidson said. Arrows up for Bouchard. I love that. It's clearly on the power play. And this performance is, is going to have a similar effect as what I just described with Rupe Hintz, honestly. Uh, Evan Bouchard's value on draft day next season is shot, right? He's going to get overdrafted, no question. Um, but, but that said, I do think this is real at this point. I think this is something we can expect from Evan Bouchard. If, if he runs power play one in Edmonton and he gets over 20 minutes a night time on ice, I think we can expect at minimum 65 points with a ceiling for a lot more, obviously with that power play deployment, right? So, and, and also depending on how Bouchard develops, right? He'll be going into his third season and his first full season with like, you know, big boy numbers, right? Like last season with Evan Bouchard, it's, it's the tale of two seasons. It was, you know, h- how he played before Tyson Berry got traded and how he played after Tyson Berry got traded. His, his deployment before Tyson Berry, his deployment after Tyson Berry. It's night and day, right? So um, it's weird. I think had Bouchard not gone off in these playoffs, we could have gotten him at value next season. I mean, people still would have picked him up or, you know, earlier than, than much earlier than last season, but his numbers would have been skewed because he basically had two seasons as I described, right? His even strength numbers didn't read well. Um, you know, so I think the average fantasy GM might've read, not read between the lines, right? But these playoffs have kind of, you know, washed that out, right? <laughs> they put that to bed. Um, he's going to be overdrafted next season just because of what he's done here. And it's not a terrible pick, right? Because, he, he could potentially match it, right? He could, this guy could pop off. He, you know, he could get 80 points. Um, I'm not saying he will, but like uh, th- there's that potential when you're running that power play. And now just just the, the chemistry and the way he's been playing with these top players, like they obviously like playing with him. He's making a lot of good decisions um, and he's been okay defensively too. So um, to me, Evan Bouchard, I, I would probably rather go with a safer pick, but if he drops a little bit, I mean, I'm all over it. This guy, I think... I think as long as he's on power play one, he's a lock for, for 65 points. I think that's reasonable. And I think, you know, there's going to be more, but it's a great story, right? The runway's clear and Bouchard has been taking advantage. Lastly, I want to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights and I want to talk about my boy, Johnny Marsh. So yeah, this is a player that uh, a lot of analysts like just because of what he brings, you know, statistically, like he's a shots beast, you know, he's obviously shooting the lights out most nights. But the problem with Marsh is so, uh, especially on Vegas, is he's never really gotten that deployment. They, they've always kind of kept them safe, you know, and with Old Faithful on that line with, um, you know, Wild Bill Carlson and Riley Smith. So what's different now? Well, his, his numbers are still amazing, but they've bumped him up to power play one and line one. And now he's playing with Eichel. And I think... If he stays line one, this could be a slam dunk player next season, right? This is what we talked about this this last season. You know, oh, who's going to get a chance to play with Eichel? Is it March or so? And they ended up putting Phil the Thrill, Kessel, the hot dog man. They put him on the line. Ask me about my wiener. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, so, but right now it's March or so, Ivan Barbashev and Jack Eichel, and they popped off last game. It was excellent. March or so himself had a two-goal game in his last outing, so that's good. But before then, he wasn't really hitting at all. He's got four points in eight games, so that's nice. But those were his first two goals of the playoffs. Um, his shooting percentage is way down at 6.9%, but his shots on goal per game up. Uh, he's, he's shooting at 3.6 shots per game. I love that. Good ice time. Like, this, this is a player, if he can develop that chemistry with Jack Eichel, like, now, now we're cooking, right? And hopefully that would lead into next season as well. Then we're looking at a guy that, that I am definitely targeting for sure on my teams, right? 
Because I think March is so, he, it's like he's always percolating and he just doesn't pop, you know? He, his best season ever was his first with Vegas and he scored 75 points in 77 games. I think he can get back there. I really do think he can get back there next season, but obviously he needs to stay on the top power play. That's for sure. And then, you know, stay on the top line as well. I, I want to see his deployment go up. Um, again, I think this is a player you can get later on in drafts, and I think you should. He's been incredibly consistent with his advanced stats year after year. And we just we need to see some we need to see some opportunity. This is a player that needs some opportunity. He's great on the power play. I think he got you know we got 16 power play points last season. I think we can up that right. I think you can throw another six seven points on that. Just get him on power play one. What are you doing? So yeah, Johnny Marchzo. Thank you so much. Um, I really like that player. And and that's it. That's all I've got for this episode, everyone. I just wanted to bring to your attention some players that. I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching these players, and I really like to use these playoffs to kind of hone in on a couple of players for the upcoming season. Um, players that maybe are going to be valuable, right? So hopefully this uh, gave gave you guys some value. Um, if you like the episode, definitely head on over. Give me a five star review, please. Ah, God, it just makes me feel good. It's and again, I can show it to my mom. She puts it on the fridge, and and that feels nice. You know what I mean? Uh, every time I go get my cereal uh, milk, you know it's there right on the fridge. So that's good. Um, so thank you every everyone for listening. I really appreciate you. I will uh, get back to you with some more content here. I've got uh, a couple guests lined up. So we're going to do one thing I really want to do is some prospect episodes, right? So, but uh, that's not something I'm very good at. Um, I don't know my prospects very well. So I'm going to have some great uh, guests on here to sort of give you the goods and and have a nice discussion on the prospects there and, and how they can provide us some fantasy value next season. But anyways, that's all I got. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary.